Memorial, Memorial Day weekend, uh, many of us may be looking for things that uh, uh, we're going to be doing this summer. Uh, maybe for the uh, teens, Memorial Day can remind them of uh, the beginning of summer. No more getting up uh, at 6 a.m. in the morning, get ready for school uh, for at least a couple months. No more doing homework, no more studying for tests. And so they're looking up for that uh, summer uh, to have some free time to wake up at 10 or 12 instead of early in the morning. Maybe for us adults, we're looking to take some time off from work to go on a vacation this summer or doing uh, some other things. Uh, but maybe this day remind you of what's coming up. But uh, Memorial Day reminds us of those who gone before us to prepare the, the road, to make sure we have a, a, a country that we are free and we can worship God, we can work. We don't have to worry about so many outside forces, but it's not the same for many other places. For exactly right now, Ukraine is not having that same freedom or peace that we have right now. So many of them displaced millions of them in other countries with their family, no house, leaving everything behind. But we are grateful for what we do have in the U.S., a safe place, a country. And I say, yes, a safe place, although terrible things do happen, but on the overall, it's not the same with other places. But again, Memorial Day can be a day to remember what Christ did for us. He came to this world and gave his life for us. So that's a greater thing that we can remember for what he did for us. Uh, today we're going to be in Luke. We're going to be in chapter 22 and chapter 23. Luke 22 and 23. The title for the lesson is, I am Judas. I am Judas. Have you ever heard of someone uh, who named their kids Judas? I have not. Maybe you do. But have you ever think, why so? Because there are so many Peters, John. Why there is no Judas? Well, Maybe it's because of what he did. Maybe it's because of what his name, when you hear Judas, you hear uh, it relate to be betrayal. So parents maybe decide, no, I'm not going to name my child Judas because that will have a bad connotation. But I am Judas. When we consider the event leading to Jesus' death and crucifixion, Sometimes we think, why in the world did they do that? They were coward. Why they follow the crowd? Why they go and uh, do all of those things to Jesus? And even when you're looking at Jesus' uh, friends, the disciples, have you ever wondering why they didn't stay with him? Why they all flee? They were coward. But the more I think about that or evaluate that, uh, the more I am honest with myself that 
I, my actions sometimes it's close to them. I can relate to them, to what maybe I've done or to what maybe I will continue to do because we're all sinners and we all fall short for the glory of God. Judas and Luke 22, 1 to 6, he betrayed Jesus for some money. But have you ever betrayed Jesus? Have I ever betrayed Jesus? When maybe I should have stand up for him with my friend or with people I come in contact with, but I, I, I back down instead of speaking up for him and defend him and let others know about him? Or maybe uh, have, you, uh, have I ever been sneaky? Because Judah, for some extent, he didn't think that all of those things will happen to Christ. He, he was thinking, I'm just being sneaky. I'm going to sell him for 30 pieces uh, of silver. And then uh, uh, he, he has the power. There's no way they're going to arrest him. Uh, he can get out of it. So, and, and maybe he won't know about it and all of that. Maybe that's what he was thinking about it, by being sneaky. But when he saw that, Christ wasn't getting out of it. They were beating him and everything they were doing to him. He tried to return that money back, but it was too late for him to do so. Have I ever been sneaky? Maybe thinking I'm smarter, maybe trying to get over on someone, and maybe trying to get over on Christ by portraying like I'm following him, but underneath I'm not. I'm doing something uh, against him to what he really asked me to do. Have I ever sold him for 30 pieces of silver? Have I ever decided to go to work instead of coming to worship? Have I ever started to money over him? You can go on and on. Have I ever sold him? Have I ever betrayed him? Have I ever plotted against him so that I could have or do what I want? I want to have the freedom to do what I want. Even though Christ said he came to this world to give us freedom from sin uh, so that we don't have to be slaves to sin. But sometimes we're thinking, ah, if, uh, I want to do what I want to do when I want to. Uh, I don't want to love my enemies. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, follow Christ to what he asked me to do. So uh, let me do something different so that I can live how I want to live. Have you ever seen maybe sometime uh, young people in college age, maybe their parents raised them the right way and the church teach them about God, but when they get that freedom to where they are on their own, sometimes some of them decide, I, I'm going to just try out everything that my parents didn't uh, let me do and try and live against God and maybe plot against him to do what I want to do instead of what he wants me to do. I know a good friend, a preacher, a teacher at Freehardoman. He knows the word. He taught his children and he's very knowledgeable about it. He can stand up and preach without even ever opening up the Bible. But you know, one of his children, after leaving the, his hours, he decided to leave the Lord. He went and tried everything. Smoke and do everything he can possibly 
uh, cool because he didn't get the chance to do that when he was under his parents' house. And now he decided to come back after trying them. He saw, like Solomon did, vanity is vanity. All of those things doesn't bring any happiness. And he come back to the Lord. But he went, he plotted against Christ when he was old enough to leave his house. I don't know, have you ever plotted against him? Now let's go to Peter, Luke 22, 54 to 62. Luke 22, 54 to 62. How many times have I denied Jesus? Maybe not with my word, but with my deed. I may not ever say anything, but am I living a double life? Am I saying I love Jesus and I want to serve him, but when I walked out of these doors, when I am behind my closed doors, and when I am in the school, when I am at the workplace, uh, I'm not really following what he asked me to do. I'm not being the example he wants me to do with my friends, with people that I come in contact with. Have I ever denied him? Denied him? How many times have I tried to blend with the world instead of standing out in the world? It's easy to blend in and just move in so people don't notice you, so they don't, maybe sometimes don't even realize you are a Christian because you're so blended with them. Because maybe it's more comfortable that way. But Christ wants us to stand out for, so the world can know that we are his disciples. On Wednesday, I, I, wear, I wore like a all pink and I went to class. I was really stand out. So several people commented, hey, you were all pink today. Or even Karen told me, you look bright today before I left the house because the colors were so bland. I was like stand out, like you can notice me from miles away because they were bright pink. But spiritually, have I ever stand out like that for Christ spiritually so that people can see me far away that he is a follower of Christ and he is trying to do what Christ wants him to do? Or do I blend with the world so they don't even notice that I am a Christian? How many times have I tried to avoid suffering or sacrifice? Suffering and sacrifice is not an easy thing. It's hard to go through. But do I go to the suffering, realize that I'm doing that for Christ, instead of maybe doing something that will make it easier on my physical body, but I choose to do it the hard way because I want to be an example for Christ. Although it may be easy to cheat on that test because the teacher is not watching over me, but I know I want, I want to be an example for Christ. I'm just going to study, do it the hard way, study, spend hours, even stay up at night and study so that I can do it the right way instead of the easy way out. It may take some suffering, but again, I set example for others. Have I ever maybe tried to do some sacrifice to help someone who may be in need, offer my time, offer my energy to help them because it is needed? For Peter, 
He wanted to be with Christ. We know he denied him three times, but he wasn't really trying to deny Christ because he told Jesus, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to fight with you. I, I will never leave you. But Jesus knew better. Jesus told him, told him, you will betray me three times. And Peter still in his mind, no, I'm not going to do that. And we can know that he was sure about it, that he's not going to do it. Because when they came to arrest Jesus, you know what he did? He pulled his knife and cut Malpo's ear because he was willing to fight for him. But the only thing, he misunderstood what Jesus stand for. Jesus wasn't looking for that kind of fight. So that's when Peter find it very difficult and hard. That's when he start, started to deny Christ. When he saw everything they were doing to Christ, put the crown of thorn in his head, beating him and spit on him. He's thinking in his mind, if I say I know this guy, they might do that same thing to me. And I don't want to go to that pain. I don't want to be mistreated like they mistreated him. I'll just stay. I'll take the easy way out. I'll say, I, I don't know this guy. I, I, I have nothing to do with him. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Maybe not like Peter, but you're thinking, if I say I'm a Christian, if I say I'm following Christ, well, they might not treat me the right way, or they, they might give me more work, or they might make it harder for me. So I'll just say I, I'm not a Christian. Maybe not with your word, but maybe your action, the way you behave, maybe that tells all of it. But Peter wasn't trying to deny Christ, but when it come down to it, he denied him. So we may be thinking, I'm not going to deny Christ, but when it come really down to it, when you are sick, when you have a family who passed away, when someone goes tragically out, will you still remain faithful to Christ, knowing that he's in control, when in that moment it's very hard and difficult to go through? Will you stay with him, or will you deny him? I am Pontius Pilate. Luke 23, 13 to 25. How many times have I compromised to find middle ground with society? Like I know the things they're doing are not right. I know I should stand up against it. But if I do, I might lose my popularity. So I'll just compromise with it. That's what Pilate did. You know, he find a way to free Christ, uh, and he asked several questions. He said, well, why do I let Barabbas go instead? And the crowd was like, no, crucify Jesus. You can let Barabbas go. But in his mind, he was thinking, there's no way they're going to let Barabbas go. He's been someone who uh, mistreated people, robbed them. So he's done terrible thing against people. So they're going to probably say, no, let Jesus go and keep Barabbas. That's what he was thinking, in a way to compromise with them. But when it comes down to it, the crowd was like, no, crucify Jesus, let Barabbas go. That was hard on him, and then he ended up saying, I, I'm just going to wash my hand against this. Then you take him and do to him like uh, according to 
to your love. And even Pilate's wife warned him, don't do anything to this guy. I had a dream, and uh, I suffered a lot in that dream because of him. But Pilate compromised to find middle ground, and because of that, he was against Christ. How many times have you looked on indifferently at injustice? Pilate saw what they were doing was unjust. Christ did not do anything wrong. He couldn't find anything wrong against Christ. But he didn't stand up for justice. He was just indifferent. And all the world around us, there are so many injustice things that are being done. Are we going to stand up against those things or are we going to be indifferent and compromise like Pilate did? I am Barabbas. Luke 23, 18 to 25. Have I ever failed to realize my indebtedness to show gratitude for right Christ I've done for me? You know, Barabbas, he was there on the cross because there were uh, uh, three of them, Jesus in the middle and Barabbas, and then uh, there was another uh, guy on the left and right of him. So Barabbas, instead of recognizing, he did something to merit this kind of death, but he started making fun of Christ and, uh, and mock him and everything. Instead of realizing that he had some debt against him. Have I ever been like Barabbas? Instead of recognizing the great debt that Christ paid for me, but instead I'm just taking it easy and having a good time and not paying attention about following Christ and uh, obeying him for what he did for me and be grateful for what he did for me. Because it's not enough to just say I'm grateful with my word, but is, uh, are my actions showing that I'm grateful the way I'm living for what Christ did for me on the cross, to give me a way out of sin, freedom from sin, in a way that I can get to heaven. I am a herald. Luke 23, 6 to 12. Luke 23, 6 to 12. Have I ever treated Jesus like a magician who can do tricks for me? You know, sometimes... When things are going well, uh, we are in good health, and we have a work, and uh, we are happy. Sometimes it's easy to forget uh, about Christ, maybe to try to thank him and, uh, and worship him and give him our time and our energy. But when things start getting hard, when we get sick, when I get sick, and when things are difficult, that's when I start talking to him more and praying to him more because now I want him to do trick for me. I want him to heal me and I want him to bless me because things are hard. Have I ever treated him like a magician to just do tricks for me when things are difficult or hard in my life? Have I ever made shallow and selfish Petition that received no answer. 
because I just want things for me. Instead of praying uh, for God to help bless other people, I just pray for myself. I, I don't uh, lift peop other people up in prayer, but I always talk about what I want, what's best for me, not how I can do to help other people, not what I can do to support someone, to give my time to help someone, but what can I get out of it? Have I ever made selfish requests like that, like Herod did? You see, Herod, Christ went before him. He wasn't really looking to help. He was just asking him to do miracles, to do certain things to, to him, making fun of him and all of that. He wasn't serious about it. And if I'm not careful, I may be like that. Where, yes, I'm here, but I'm not very serious about living a life that pleasing God daily and every hour in my life. I am the crowd, Luke 23, verse 13 or 25. Have I ever stood with the crowd rather than alone with Jesus? Have I ever stood with the crowd rather than alone with Jesus? Peer pressure. Peer pressure is easy to take us on, especially if we are the only one standing up. It's easier to say, I'm, I'm just going to stick quiet. I'm just going with the flow instead of standing up because nobody else is doing it. Why standing up? Because they're going to be against me if I stand up. Have I ever go with the crowd instead of following Jesus? Well, and here in this assembly, we are not alone because we have brothers and sisters. So we are not afraid to talk about Jesus and about Christ living for him. But when you step your feet out of the door, it's not the same. And the school, at your work, you probably might be the only few in there. Then it's become harder to do it. It's easier to stand up with the crowd. And maybe if you're not thinking you're standing up, to just be quiet about it. Because I don't want to be uh, mistreated or I don't want to stand out. So I'll just be quiet. When you do that, when I do that, then I'm siding up with the crowd instead of standing up. For Christ. I am the unrepentant thief. Luke 23, 39 to 41. I am the unrepentant thief. Have I ever wanted to rescue from the consequences of my own sin? Like I've no, I've done wrong, I've sinned. But instead of getting the consequence, I, I, I don't want the consequence. I want to be out of it. And in fact, we live in a, in a world where people don't want to take the consequence for what they do. They may do wrong all the time, but they want to get out of it when, the, when it's come time for consequences. I remember my foster mom uh, when we were, I was kids and my other foster brothers and sisters uh, we'll do some things wrong, and then uh, she'll be like, okay, you, are, you go to your room. You have consequences. Or you won't have 
uh, lunch for today because that's a consequence for, for what you did wrong. Uh, and uh, she may use all the tactics for the consequence for what we did. But one thing we know, we can ask for forgiveness. Mom, can you forgive us? Sorry for what we did. I, I, we didn't mean to do it. And she said, okay, I, I forgive you. And sometimes we'll be like, okay, you forgive us. We can come out of our room now. She said, no, I forgive you, but you still have to take the consequence for what you did wrong. And we didn't really understand that. But we do. We said sorry, so we should get out because we're sorry for what we did. No, the consequence still remains. But at that time, I didn't really understand it. But uh, as I get older, I understand whenever I did something, whenever I do something, or whenever you do something, consequences follow. They can be good consequences and they can be bad consequences based on your action. And if your consequences are because of sin, something you did that's against God, yes, God's going to forgive you, but he may not take the consequence away from you. You may still have to deal with the consequence. If I go out there and rob a bank and they didn't catch me and they never figured out what I did, and then I wasn't a Christian when I did it, and so then later on I become a Christian and then uh, I repented of my sin and everything and I'm a follower of Christ now and then they find out, oh, he's the guy who stole that money, who robbed that bank. Uh, am I get to get out of it because I'm a Christian now? Well, I'm still going to be a Christian angel because I shouldn't have robbed that bank. So the consequence will still follow me even though I'm a Christian now. So there are consequences for whatever we do. Christ will forgive us. He will take us in, but we may still have to go to the consequences for the things we have done. But you see that on repentant thief there, he wasn't worried about that. He wanted to rescue from just his sin. And uh, have, have I ever been bitter toward others when it was... I, who was responsible, like I was responsible for what is done, but now because I'm going through a hard time because of the consequences, then now I'm bitter against other people uh, because of the, maybe the rules or because of what they place against me because of the consequence uh, of what I did. And now I'm bitter and making life difficult for other people where I am to blame for the consequence of what I've done wrong. I don't know for you, but I have. I may be responsible for it, but I'm angry or upset and making somebody else's life uh, harder for it. You know, sometimes something may be going on totally outside of uh, my marriage or uh, my wife. And then I may come home and she may ask me a simple question, but because of my tone of the answer, she may be like, what's wrong with you? Uh, but she did nothing wrong, but maybe I had a bad day, something outside of it, but now I'm taking it out on her because of being bitter for whatever it was. Maybe something I did, uh, I get the consequence for it. And it's easy to be like that and it's harder to 
realized I am the one to blame for it, and I'm willing to accept the consequence that follow it instead of blaming someone else for it. There's a song, Were You There When They Crucify My Lord? Were You There When They Crucify My Lord? You may be thinking, I'm not that old. Uh, I wasn't there. That's for over 4,000 years ago. But yes, I was there. I am the villain in this story. I killed Jesus. I, it was me. It was because of my sin he died. But thank God there is yet another character in this story. The penitent thief, Luke 23, 39 to 43. Yes, he was a sinner. Yes, he sinned. But you know, on the cross he realized that it's my fault I am there. I did something to cause me to be uh, on this cross. And you know what he did? He asked Jesus uh, to forgive him. And, uh, and he asked him to be with him. And Jesus said, you know, today you are with me uh, in paradise. So that's me. Yes, I was there. It's my sin who crucified Jesus. But there's still hope. If I am repented of my sin, if I call upon him, and I want to turn around and serve him. There is hope for me. He's willing to forgive me. He's willing to give me freedom from my sin. And he's willing to take me home. And if I remain faithful, he's preparing a place for me in heaven. To where I can be with him for eternity. So the penitent uh, thief, I am him too. Uh, I, like him, recognize my sinfulness, and I can repent uh, from my sorrow because of the grace that God gave me, because his grace will cover my sin. And because God is who he is, because of who God is, he offers us the term of his pardon. Yes, he will forgive us. Yes, he will uh, give us a way uh, to heaven, but there is some terms to it. And the term is we have to believe in him. After we hear the word, we need to believe in it. And we need to repent of our sin, decided to live a different life. We need to confess his name. And then we need to be baptized for the remission of our sin. Yes, his grace is free. He's willing to take us in, but there is some terms to it. There is some things that we need to do, I need to do, to accept that blessing, to accept that freedom that he has given me. If you're here today, you haven't given your life to Christ, are you willing to accept the terms of the freedom that he's willing to give you? It's not expensive. After all, it's free. All you have to do is just those simple steps to enter in his kingdom. Are you willing to give him your life? If you've 
already did all of those things, but you fall sometime. Maybe you, you left and maybe you disobey. Well, there's still hope. He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to take you on as long as you come back to him and repent of your sin and strive again to do better and to serve him.